Hello and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Gong. This is a show where we talk with realtors and other real estate experts about their insights into our profession while hearing some of their most personal stories and practical tools for success. Today, my business partner, Connie Chung, and I are so thrilled to welcome Hanin Hader from Burlingame, California, and Ahmed Buta from Miami, Florida. Both are incredible realtors with very different stories and very different approaches to their real estate practices. We are so excited to have them in conversation, talking all about their backgrounds, how race has played into their lives, and how they got into real estate in the first place. And of course, we talk about how they thrived doing things their own way. So stay tuned. We're so excited. Welcome, Hanin and Amit. Thank Thank you. you for having us. So we wanted to start off with origin stories. Can you each tell us a little bit about where you came from and the communities you grew up in and when you began to actually understand your own racial identity? So I am, so I grew, I'm born and raised in Kuwait. I am a Kuwaiti citizen and I grew up in Kuwait. My whole family is still there. I'm the only one in the U.S. So the idea of, uh, race and identity did not really come to me until I was an adult because I was living in a kind of a cohesive society until I came to the U.S. uh, as a 16-year-old to go to college, basically. And I went to college in Boston. So Boston was a little bit of a multicultural city, but I got to meet a lot of people from a lot of places in the U.S. And it was very interesting to me when you tell somebody you're from Kuwait and the first thing they think of, especially as a, you know, 17, 18 year old kid is oil. Everybody had the association whenever I said I'm from Kuwait. And I've lived through September 11th in the U.S. And that was a little bit of a very sensitive time in Boston or even in the U.S. as a whole. So yeah, there were challenges there just because I come from the Middle East and I am not an American citizen. In those first few years, were you building community with with folks from Kuwait or what was that community building looking like for you? So I came to the U.S. to study engineering. And for me, it was uh, more building community with people who are likely have the same mindset. So I found myself living with people from different countries, from different cultures, just because I was brought up in a, in a, in a way of, well, in Kuwait, we don't see color. Color is not something we identify with, I guess, when you're meeting a human being. So it was very interesting raising, and I'm raising two kids now in the U.S., and it's very interesting how it's completely different here compared to overseas. I mean you know, from a socioeconomical status and also, you know, religion or, you know, where you came from, where did your parents come from? You know, in Kuwait, it's, it's all about where did you come from? We all came from the same spot. It's a small country. You know, the society is very cohesive. So we have issues, but it's not race. What about you, Amit? Tell us your origin story. Yeah, so I was born in India, lived there nine months lived in England after for three years. So I came here in 1973 and it was much different times than now. You know, it, 
I, I think just the way people look at people was a little bit different. It was very strange because I went to nursery and all my schooling in the U.S. And when in the 70s going to school, I guess the best way I could describe it, my school was like looking at 1950s TV. You know, that was my school. There wasn't much... Um, there weren't ethnicities. I think there were maybe five Indians in my school. And when people thought I was either African, like from Africa, or if I said Indian, they thought I was Native American. They didn't, they didn't grasp the concept of what an Indian was. So mm. it, was, it was very different. So with that said, I, as far as feeling, you know, I had a great childhood, but I always felt different. I always felt different until you know, growing up in Miami, it wasn't until the Mariel Boatlift came to, to South Florida where people mm. started looking like me. You know, when there were Hispanics mm. that started looking at me and I wasn't like the only brown person. So it was, it was very, I wouldn't say difficult, but it was different. It was very different. Every class I had, I worried about what the substitute teacher, how she would call my name. They used to call me admit. You know, they, mm. it was never like, trying to get the name correct, but it was okay. Cause you, when you're young, you don't know any better. So it was, it was a little bit different, but then like, I think it was sixth grade or something. Um, that's when there were more Hispanics that came to Miami. Then it started becoming more of a blend. Even though I, I didn't speak Spanish then, more people were starting to look like me. So it wouldn't be as, and more people had names that people couldn't understand. Like, pronounce and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it, it made it a little bit easier. Curious to know about before you all became realtors, what were your perceptions of real estate and realtors as a profession? I really did not have a perception. I got into real estate by accident. That's how you got into it. Yeah. Especially with an engineering background. So I really felt unfulfilled in my job because so I'm a chemical engineer and chemical engineering is not a female how would I put this not really there aren't many females in chemical engineering especially females who work for Chevron as a process engineer and I kind of felt that I didn't fit and my work environment was not what I was looking for and one day you know it's 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 always good to have a supporting partner you know, my husband dared me to quit. And he said, quit and find something you like. And I'm like, we live in San Francisco Bay Area. You don't just give up one salary. <laughs> you really don't. And he said, you know what? Go find something that makes you happy. It's not worth it going to work every day, being upset and feeling that you don't fit. And you've been, I've, I've gone to school for eight years. I had two degrees at that time. And, you know, I was working in corporate America, but I just was not fitting and there was something missing. I just felt I didn't belong in the, and, and mind you, this is 2009. It was the boys club. In my graduate school, I was the only female. In my undergrad, I was, wow. it was 40 males. There was six of us, you know, and I felt as I climbed my professional life, the more lonely I felt, the more I didn't belong. And so, yeah, one day in September, I put in my two weeks notice and I really didn't know what to do. I knew I was good with numbers, 
we haven't had good experiences with the realtors, with our realtors. We really didn't. We felt we did most of the research. We felt we kind of made all the decisions. They were just there as a facilitator or a door opener, basically. And I got invited. I, I started basically a bookkeeping company because I was bored. And I started doing books for a real estate investment firm. And one of, and that was the market already crashed. Financial crisis happened. And one of the, one of the biggest real estate investment funds around me offered me a job and offered me a job as basically the person who helps their CFO and determining which properties to buy, which properties to flip, which properties to, you know. So my first year, our CFO left and I basically filled his role after six months. And I helped grow that fund from, I think when I left, I helped grow it from probably 15 million to 70 million before I left. And basically I got to a point where the owner walked me to call a banker and he said, you're done, go find something else. Mm. I'm gonna do you a favor and you already got your real estate license. At that point I haven't sold a house, mm. I just managed the rehab, the construction, the acquiring at the courthouse. He literally walked me full of a banker and he said, okay, that's your new home. And I was a newbie. I was literally a newbie because <laughs> I did not deal with the consumer. I did not see the consumer side of the business. And he said, you'll thank me in five years. And that's pretty much how I got into real estate. What about you, Amit? I think it's similar to Hanin. I didn't really have an opinion about realtors. I didn't know enough about realtors. I know my mom got her real estate license. My mom has had her real estate license for like 30 or 40 years. Wow. She, she, ne she never practiced. Wow. My parents just bought properties. But every two years when we do our continuing education, I go to class with her so I can go to school with my mom, you know? <laughs> and she's more rowdy than me, you know? I'll, I'll have to like settle down, mom, settle down. But um, as far as real estate, out of college, I did finance in college. And out of college, I didn't know what to do. One of my friends, one of my best friends and I, we were just hanging out every day, just doing nothing because the, the job market was sort of bad. This was in 1992, so many years ago. And at that time, we saw like an ad. It said college degree required, salespeople wanted, guaranteed salary for $500 a week for eight weeks. So back then, we we're like, oh, that's some big money, you know? So we went and we figured out, we went to the interview. We found out it was to sell cars. And we're like, you know, our ego got in the way a little bit. We're like, we went to college to sell cars. And then we're like, well, we can make at least four grand, worst case. But I found out that I liked the job and I, I was sort of shy back then. I wouldn't talk too much. And it just helped me so much with my life, with being able to communicate with people. And then I did that for 11 years. I was sales manager, finance manager, but I got burnt out. I got really burnt out. It got so bad one day. I told the general manager, I'm like, I quit. He's like, just take a month or two off. Come back when you want. I thought he was kidding, but he was serious. So I, I took it, I came back and I hated it. And then because it was a big ticket item and I was good at, I guess, getting people to do what they, I think in sales, we, 
more than anything, we, most people want to do something. We just have to push them on the edge of wanting to do it. We're not trying to get them to do something they don't want to do, mm -hmm. but sometimes emotions get in the way. So because I was good at that and that was, it was cars, I thought the next biggest item thing, which is bigger, would be homes. So that's how I got into real estate. Oh, and talking about being humble, Amit, and I mean, both of you are so incredibly humble from having no experience or very little experience in real estate and personal experience through buying homes and seeing your mom to now build, having run really successful businesses and grown your teams. I'd love to hear sort of what was that precipice like for you two? And I think it's something a lot of agents kind of always aspire to is, is taking their business to the, that next level and making that commitment to grow their team. What was that turning point like for you two? I think in real estate, the main thing as far as growing a team and all that is to find your cheerleaders, people that are like you. Sort of like Hanin said when she came to the US and she was doing engineering, the community is the people that are like you, you know? And so with me, I always liked creating content and just making it not about real estate, make it creating that authenticity where people see us as humans. And then I, there was someone in the office and for me, what's worked well is having people that are inexperienced in real estate because then I can guide them and I can get, I can be a value add. And I like mentoring people. First of all, find the things that you don't like to do and then find the expectations of what you're looking in someone. Also, it's not about money in the beginning. Don't look at it as money. What I thought about is I can get people to do things that I don't like to do that they like to do and I get along with them and I can add value to them. So those were the things. People are scared a lot of times. I didn't care what the splits were. I didn't care about anything. I was looking at it as it's my life and I wanna have a better life. And if I, in, if I improve my friendship with these people, even better. So that's sort of how I created the team. And then what was important to me was because we do a lot of content to create like branding for them as well. People all the time will ask me how Jade is, but they won't ask me how is Jade. They'll ask me, how is the runner? I hashtagged her and, and Will is the jet setter. They'll ask me, how's the jet setter? So that's sort of how we did the team. So for me, it started a little bit different. I got to a point in my career where I needed help. So my team started really with admins, with you know just admin support staff. And then, you know, I'm the kind of person that gets bored. And when I get bored, I have to find something else to set another goal. And when I started my team, when I actually started having agents on my team, I take so much happy, I guess it makes me so happy and I'm so um, grateful when, I, when I'm able to be helpful to somebody. I only take newbies on my team. I don't take people who are experienced and I love to see the transformation that somebody has. It brings so much joy to me and so much that instant gratification when you see that you are helping somebody else and they're bringing you joy and value to your life as well. So I started a small team and yes, we did have our issues and I had to grow with that. I learned about this is, you know, the joke that everybody has with me is I am an engineer, so I don't have emotional intelligence. The way I like things done are, you know, 
it's not a two-way street. So I had to, there was a lot of personal development on mm. my side. And there was a, a lot of growth moments on my side that even my family noticed. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny when, you're, when your 15-year-old comes to you and she said, yeah, mom, growth mindset, growth mindset. <laughs> after she hears a conversation on the phone. And I'm wow. like, yes, it's a growth mindset. Mm. <laughs> so the reason I started my team, to be honest, is to make a difference, to help people make a difference and give them an opportunity to make a living selling real estate. Because, mm. you know, real estate, everybody can do it. But if somebody knows how to do it very well, it could turn into a, a lucrative per business. Mm-hmm. It's just bringing the efficiencies and bringing processes to it and actually holding people accountable and caring for them, caring for their wives, caring for their families and getting to know them. And, you know, and, and it had, again, we had our ups and downs. We had to let some people away, you know, go that they didn't fit in our, you know, that they didn't fit the expectations and all that. But, you know, that's, that's the reason I really, the reason I started it. And I know that you all being in the positions that you all are in demonstrate possibility and demonstrate what can be for people that look like you. And, and that's something that is so powerful. And one of the things that, that it reminds me of both of your origin stories where you both were in as a five-year-old and in your, in, as a teenager, in your engineering program, you both were like, oh my God, I'm one of not very many that look like me. And the power of being able to be someone that people can look to and say, wow, I can actually do this. And I can do it by being me. I can do it as, as someone that looks like me, that someone that sounds like me, that talks like me, that has my background. It's funny because especially being Indian, we're so typecast, doctor, engineer, you know, the same, same professions, lawyers sometimes. And so when I became a realtor and I I started to get an idea of how to create content a little bit better, I hashtagged myself the Indian realtor. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it's, it had such a, it's had such a meaningful difference with me where I have these other people of color brown-skinned people, whether they're Indian, Pakistani, or whatever, even Middle Eastern, whatever, they, they can relate to me a lot of times because they see my hashtag, because they know how it is to be in a job that is not similar to other people in their, their culture doing that job. So I get random calls every single week. I get two or three calls a week from random agents that I don't know about. Not that they're all in that category. Some are marketing, some ask about Compass and stuff. But I, I do speak with a lot of them. And this has been for years. And it's, I always do my best to do what I can to try and help them. I'm, I have the same mindset as Hanin. If we can make a difference with someone, I, I look at it as, for me, I'm selfish. Because when I do it, it makes me feel really good. you know. And by doing that, when someone calls me, we can relate to things. I, I sort of just listen to what they say. I ask them what they're, how they're feeling. And what blows my mind a lot of times, every time I hear it, they're like, you inspire me. And I'm like looking to see if they're talking to someone in back of me, you know, but it's, 
it makes me feel really good about that. And I think I think the Hanids and all the, the other people in our business, if we if we make a big impact, and that's why I'm so into creating content, the more they see us, the better chance we have of more of us being here. I was just seeing one of the pieces you put out about your team tasting different hot sauces. Like you, you have this natural gift for creating some of the best content and unexpected in the world of real estate because it has nothing to do with properties, but at the same time, it has so much to do with us as humans and how we connect with people and who doesn't love hot sauce. And, you know, I'm curious for you, how do you balance your content creation with your running the business? You know, I don't sleep that much. But oh, no. I, think the, I think the main thing, this is the main thing. When you do things that you really like and you love, you don't, I mean, it's so cliche, but you don't feel like you're working at all. So I don't mind going to sleep at two o'clock in the morning and waking up at seven if I'm excited about something. And it, it's weird when in real estate, you can either hate it you can love the job or hate it. And there are going to be weeks, every few weeks, you're going to think you're terrible at it. It's just human nature, you know, when we're doing good or we're doing bad. But by, you know, I've been creating content probably about four or five years now. And the, it's helped our business so much. I love hearing that. For me, it's, you know, being in touch with people and building community, trying to make a difference. I've learned early on in my career that if you're passionate about something, if there is a will, there is a way type of thing. I'm not the kind of person that takes um, no for an answer if we have a path for it. So with that being said, enjoy this business. This business sometimes can be a little bit challenging. It has its ups and downs. It has its challenges with families. It has its challenges with spouses that don't do what you do. And it also has challenges with your team members because, you know, as we are different personalities, we have different needs and wants and being able to grow and recognize other people's wants and needs and being able to address them. So it's just, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you learn and you, you tend to appreciate the people that bring value into your life, regardless of where they came from or, or what they believe or, or what they think even. You tend to appreciate them for the human being that they are and the positiveness they bring into your life. And I've learned that and I learned to carry it into my business as well. And it's, it's always so amazing to me to think about the role of realtors in a community. Mm -hmm. I'm a second generation realtor. So my dad- Oh, wow. been, that's awesome. Yeah, and my dad has been in San Francisco real estate for oh, almost 50 years. I remember, a, like, I am part of a lineage of someone who was helping people build their lives mm -hmm. when they aren't very removed from a time when that wasn't even legal. Yep. That wasn't even possible when, when discriminatory laws were set in place and, and real estate was used to exert that discrimination. And so to, to, to now be part of, yes, yeah, so many families setting their roots and so many times, like we then become as realtors, we become the hub for connecting people to those vendors, exactly. to those resources and exactly. to these incredible assets that build generations 
Um, yeah. well, and also building many communities. I mean, you know, especially I'm a transplant here. I've only been living in the Bay Area for, I moved here in 2009. And, you know, when I moved here at the beginning, I didn't know many people. And, but right now the joke is my kids say, there's nobody that you don't know. Uh, it seems you walk in the street and there's people waving at you and you're waving back because, you know, it's, it's just, it, it gives the sense of community and always giving without asking for something in return, like genuinely giving, you know, and, and genuinely building communities where you're like, this is my home. And if I'm going to live here, I want to have an impact. I want to have a footprint. I want to, I want my children to see that because they are growing up. They are going to turn into you know, uh, a human, an adult who might get inspired. They might get into real estate. I don't wish that on my children, but they might. <laughs> <laughs> Although my, my 15 year old asked yesterday, she was like, how old do I have to be to get a real estate license? Oh, <laughs> she's ready. And I said, 18. And she was like, oh, so I can drive a car before I get my real estate license. <laughs> And that right there, like that is the power of being a realtor. What does it mean for you to have, to know that your loved ones know that you're in real estate and know that you're a realtor? When I got into real estate, just being an Indian, it was looked down upon, you know, you're not the doctor. In my family now, everyone is a doctor or married to a doctor. There's like eight of us. All right. So being a realtor, it, I would get the jokes, oh, you're the black sheep in the family and stuff like that. And, you know, in the beginning, when you're younger, you can't handle it that well. You like, it, it, one of the things was like, what do you say when, some, when you're at a party and you meet a random person? What do you say that you do for a living? It would be like, I'm in real estate. It wasn't like, I, I'm a real estate agent. I'm in real estate and hoping they can think it was something else. That's when you're, you know, when you're not sure of yourself, when you don't see the value in what you're doing and when you're new at it. And I, I hope people, when they do it more and they get better and they see the huge differences that they've made, they, they find the value in it. So yeah, it was, it was a little bit weird in the beginning just because of my culture. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks for sharing that, Amit. I think I can totally relate and I think so many other folks can as well. For me, I always associated realtors with that very stereotypical salesperson and had so much shame telling folks I was a realtor for so long. And then, yeah, just at some point finally owned it and owned the type of realtor I am and know and had the confidence to stand behind that. That's huge. And I think it's particularly huge for communities of color. Because I think in communities of color, there are these notions that it's not a viable option. I knew it was a possibility because my dad was in it. And so many of us just have to stumble into it. How do we not have people stumble into it? How do we bring people into it actively? What does that look like for you? I have, we have family friends and they're Indian. And they're on a Bravo show this year. They, they, they have oh, a new family show. Family karma? Exactly. Love exactly. It. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister, brother-in-law sometimes are in there. But like we have very, very close family friends. And they were filming before it came on. And so when, whenever there's something like that, and I think the more people that see us like in 
videos, TV, just like now that Family Karma is out, it's the first Indian show on, you know, network TV. It's going to be, there's going to be another one, you know, I'm, I'm sure there will be. Yeah. And so I think, I think the more agents succeed and the more they're out there and they're, they, they share their content, they're, they share, I mean, I knew about Hanin before I ever met her, you know, because mm -hmm. I, because of all her accolades. So when that happens, whether it's by the things that we've accomplished or the things that we show when we pretend we're better than we are like me and we just do these videos about us eating hot wings, it gets people to, to, to like us and get to know us or not like us, which is okay. But as long as they know we exist, it makes it easier for those others that may relate to us to do it. So with us, it's just creating content. I mean, I keep saying the same thing, but that's why we do it. Representation. That's what it is. Representation matters, right? Totally. And for me, I think it's having the conversation. You know, uh, a lot of cultures don't see real estate as an acceptable path for their children, you know, and, and having the honest conversations. Like when I told my parents I'm going into real estate, they were so disappointed. You know, they couldn't fathom why would I move from engineering to real estate? that is like it's not an acceptable thing and it's like you're gonna my literally my mom said you're so you're gonna go sell houses what are you gonna do with that how are you gonna make a living um and I'm like, okay it's just it's it's there is that cultural perception of it being not an equal of a job of a corporate america job or you know it's it's an entrepreneurial position I, the way I feel about it and, and, and starting to have like in our team, we do have an internship looking at kids in high school and looking at kids in, you know, college colleges now offer real estate degrees. When I went to college, real estate degrees did not exist. So colleges are recognizing that you can go and get a bachelor degree in real estate. Now, you might decide to work for a developer, you might decide to go get a law degree, but recognizing that it exists, it's, it's a viable career option. You know, I think the other thing too is the stigma of real estate and being a realtor also associate with failure. This position, this, this job has a really high failure rate in the first two years. I think it's like 89% or something ridiculously high that NAR put out a few years back. And when somebody sees that, you know, and, and not, yes, it does have a high failure rate, but if you surround yourself by the right people, if you surround yourself by the right companies, the right mentorship, you can be one of those 11%. In fact, you can be one of those half a percent that makes it into the top 1%. And I'd love to hear about in those, in that, in those internships that you hold, Hanin, for Amit, in, in the team members that you have or the folks that you're mentoring, what are some specific things that you all think we need to do as an industry to set our people up for success past those first two years? I think... So I think it's, you know, it's all about mindset and being coachable because if somebody already done it before you, it's all about coming in and having the right mindset to grow. 
if somebody's not, real estate is not easy. That's what I tell people. I said, it's not an easy job. It's a very rewarding mentally and, you know, economically, but you have to put in the work just like any other job. There is a perception that real estate is easy and you make the money and you walk away from the client. There is that awful perception for somebody who doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, and that we get paid way more than our worth. It drives me nuts when somebody says that, that we get paid way more than what we work for or what we offer. And for somebody not recognizing their worth and not understanding the value proposition they offer mm -hmm. and what kind of business they're offering, I think it all comes down to mindset and coachability and asking people for help. Um, when you need it. A lot of us have a hard time asking for help, me included. We rather suffer and deal with it and suffer in silence rather than raise my hand and say, hi, I need help. Can somebody help me? And if you are a decent human being, the help will come. Help always is available for somebody who's willing to ask for it. It's the mentoring. It's, it's doing all that. It's, it's getting people to know about it before they think about what they want to do for a living. I had an intern last year, it was my niece. And then this year I had a random person of color from Philadelphia. He reached out to me and he, he said, oh, I love your stuff. And you know, I'm, he was like 17 or 18 years old. He's like, I'd love for you to teach me. And I'm like, let's do it. So he's been interning for like informally interning for me since February. And so he'll post stuff on Instagram and stuff like that. And I, I think just creating that buzz where people know that our job, they can do it. And it's, it's, not, it's not something to be embarrassed about. And you can make a good living, but the expectations as well, like Hanin said, we have to get them to, to, be, to know what to expect and also be coachable. Because if you have someone that's not coachable, I mean, I... I it's not going to do you any good. So it's going to take effort from the agents. Also having people of different ethnicities at NAR and all these other groups is going to help. Because when you have a, I know this, if NAR had an Indian leader, I'm sure a lot of, there's always pride. Whatever country you're from, <laughs> even if you're in the U.S., you're going to love the U.S., but you're going to have that pride from the country that you're in. And like, I may not speak a lot of languages that, some of these Indian people speak, but whenever they get an award or they have a high position, I read everything about them, you know? So having some leaders in these top positions mm -hmm. from other ethnicities or of color would help. And I know we've had that in the past, but if it's a little bit higher percentages, it couldn't hurt. Oh, totally. That's a, a running conversation of getting more folks of color in positions of leadership for that representation and to show that possibility. And it's so true of like what Hanin's daughter says, it's like all about that growth mindset because this business, you're constantly learning and constantly being challenged and, and we have to embrace that. To wrap up, I, we'd love to hear what brings you the most joy about being a realtor. You know, I'm gonna give you a quick story, okay? So it was last year, it was the day after Thanksgiving. And I had, I got a call from a guy. So this guy, he was 68 years old. And prior to that, I met this guy. He was married for 27 years 
And one day his wife, who he thought loved him as much as he loved her, he told him, she said she wanted to divorce him and also take his mom's house that was across the street who had dementia. So bottom line is he was working really hard to, to save the homes, which he did, but then he had a, a interest only loan, a hard, hard money loan coming due. The house was 365,000. This guy was working 12 hours a day for a long, long time. We were able to get his home sold. And what happened is his life changed. He, so he called me the day after Thanksgiving and he told me, hey, I was just thinking about you yesterday. And he's like, you changed my life. And I knew that he changed my life because having someone work so hard and go through that during the most difficult times and be, be kind, not negative, and be appreciative, it made me think like, wow, this guy, I think I'm good, but I think this guy might be a little bit better than me, you know? So, so having those type of stories and having those changes is what brings me the most joy. That's awesome. For me, it's, it's all about seeing somebody and, and, and give, giving somebody an opportunity they thought it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, the Bay Area is very expensive. And not everybody can afford homes here, but it's always nice to, when you give somebody their first home, it gives me that instant gratification. You know, we all hear about the all cash offers and all of that, but it's always nice to give somebody their very first house that you see they've worked hard to save that down payment and, and get them into a home and then, you know, make them homeowners. And knowing that you're helping them build wealth for their family, their gen, you know, their kids as well, and having an, a positive impact on their life, you know, it, it brings me, you know, I, I work with a lot of first-time home buyers. I think majority of our business is first-time home buyers and first-time home sellers. Like one of my favorite clients, my very favorite clients, I sold them a house my very first year in the business. And they built equity two years and then we sold it. We sold, we bought something a little bit bigger than two more years. We built equity. We sold it. We, we bought something a little bit more bigger. So we went from one bedroom condo to two bedroom condo to two bedroom house. And I literally last year in a decade of building equity, I sold them a four bedroom house in Burlingame. And at the beginning, when I sold them the very first house, I sold them a $360,000 condo. To go from three sixty dollars to a million seven in three in, in nine years. And that was mostly done with equity. That made me, you know, and, and they always say, they're like, Kenin, you're not, you're not a realtor anymore. You're like our family. We call you every two years. We it's like, are we ready to sell? <laughs> having that feeling you know it's just it's being able to give somebody the impact and the wife told me she was like yeah i think we're done i don't think we're gonna (laughs) that's amazing and you know i just i love 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 seeing you all have these incredible stories and being part of these people's lives in such a special way and to do it as people that look like you to be people that come from the backgrounds come from the cultural heritages that you do and being able to 
be part of these communities, lead these communities, create communities is it's such a powerful, powerful gift. And I think it's something that we would love to see so much more of across the country and to be able to, to have more possibility models like both of you being at the top of what you do, being at the top of production, being at the top of content creation, all of these amazing things um, and seeing the ways that you all do it individually is so incredible to see and how you do it with, with such authenticity because yeah, both of your businesses are so different and you as people and personalities are so different. Um, but that's the most amazing part to be able to see that all of it is possible. And so for that, we thank you so much for being you for, for building the kinds of business that you do and for also being in conversation with us today. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for the kindness. I mean, and Amit, I love working with you. You've been such a blessing to get to know and to, to even conversate with. And, and for you, both of you, thank you for the opportunity. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah likewise. We well, need a group us. hug, right? I know. So Hanin and Amit, tell our listeners where they can find you if they want. They're curious to reach out, possibly partake in an internship or, or see some of your content. And also to refer you business yeah. in Miami, Florida and Burlingame, California. Absolutely. So you can find me at Hanin at compass.com. That's Hanin at compass.com and on Instagram at Hanin Realtor. Great. And if you guys want to watch our show, which is a little bit of foolishness, a little bit of real estate and <laughs> a little bit of other stuff in between, um, you can go to allinmiami.tv. Thank you, thank you again to the incredible and wonderful Hanin Hader of Burlingame, California and Ahmed Buta of Miami, Florida. We thank them both for their stories, their candor and their generosity of spirit. And we also thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And if you've got a friend or a colleague who might benefit from this episode, please share it because we're all about spreading the love. Until next time, bye.